everyone, and welcome to the Macabre Pat- Podcast oh, Universe. Uh-oh. Yuck. Macabre Podcast Universe. Yes, and this is the podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say... Sequels are never better than the originals. And we are going through Back to the Future, finally. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we're on our second episode, which means we're going to, we are going to the future this time. We're not going to the past. Well, we might. Until a little later. Yeah. And with us, we have Max Miller. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. And uh, we had, it's sort of funny to, to pull back the curtain. You, you, have a, you have a pretty steady Twitter following, way out of my league on Twitter. And yeah, yeah, I do. I, I don't know why, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people choose to follow me, but yeah, it's uh, maybe I spend too much time on my phone and social media in general. Um, <laughs> I would probably fit right in with uh, where uh, Back to the Future 2 takes us, to be honest, as far yes. as um, technology goes. <laughs> so, so you're, you know, I reached out to you like a long time ago. Because yeah, yeah. you had this show where you were breaking down the opening credits of TV shows. Yeah, and, and I, movies, yeah. Oh, and movies too. Um, right. And I discovered it because I'm a big fan of Jessica McKenna, and I was like, hey, oh, sh- I'm a musician. I should reach out. And then it, it stayed unread, which happens all the time. And then all of a sudden, like six months later, you were like, hey, I'm so sorry. I never saw this message. And we got to talking. It was like, hey, why don't you come on the show? And it took years. And now we finally met you now. Years? It did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's been years. I don't know. I didn't know years. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did. It's funny because, um, yeah, I was doing that other podcast. And we were talking about, like, all movies, all TV shows. Nothing was off limits. It was all about any entertaining end credits. We went through them. I spun that off into a, a podcast with my fiance um, that became Bob's Credits, which is all dedicated to the Bob's Burgers end credit sequences. Awesome. And Crazy. that's, <laughs> yeah, that's our primary podcast now. And that's what we do. And that one's just like blown up since then. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So it's still in the um, kind of the wheelhouse, just that yeah. we've like honed in on one thing now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so we are we're happy to have you and I was hoping you could let us know cuz I'm always curious cuz I will when whenever we invite a guest on I'll I'll send them the schedule that we have so far. And you like without a doubt just jumped right on back to the future too. Yeah, no question. And I'd um, love to hear about your experience with this movie and why you chose it. Sure. Uh I I I was born in 82, so I was I feel like I was in that sweet spot for a movie like this by the time the second one came out. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd, I'd already seen Back to the Future as a kid. Um, but this was like my, my first going to a movie and it's got some action and some like excitement. And it's not like a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's not, it's not so, you know, it's not an adult's movie necessarily yeah. either. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, it was like the perfect movie for that. Um, for the age that I was. So that's why um, number two popped out to me. What's funny is I think, I think number one is a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solo. I think number one's perfect. But number two holds a special place in my heart because that was where I was as a kid. Yeah. And that's what I remember seeing in the theaters. And 
all you wanted to do as a kid was see the future and mm-hmm. and you loved the hoverboard and every kid on the planet wanted a hoverboard after this movie so um that's yeah that's why number two was the one out of the three that i definitely wanted to jump on top of yeah awesome well that's um yeah it's 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 interesting because i i feel like you know, every, pretty much everybody agrees Back to the Future 1, perfect. We talked about it last Yeah, we said perfect episode. probably like 15, 50 times. Yeah, it's just that movie. every decision is a great decision yeah. that they make. And two, I, th- I think it's pretty clearly lower than Back to the Future 1, but there's just this, the, the audacity of ideas and the craziness of returning to the first movie and all that, it's just like, it's still a really special and cool movie, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I completely agree. And uh, yeah, the stuff they decided to take on, <laughs> yeah. um, plus 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 all the hurdles they kind of had to jump, which I'm sure we'll get into as we're talking yeah. through the movie um, to make it all happen. It's a hell of a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's crazy that they pulled it off the way they did, um, and it's really fun. Like I think so. I just watched it two nights ago probably for the first time that I've sat down and watched it from beginning to end in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's just so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jordan, what is your experience with this movie? I can't remember the first time I watched this. It kind of goes back to our last episode. We're like back to the future one and two. I just saw on TV all the time. Right. Um, but I have seen this movie from beginning to end in one sitting before, but this again was like watching it for the first time. Right, because there was a lot that I just had forgotten about, and you, you, I mean, you had a few pause moments when we were watching it where you're like, "Hang on a second. Oh, because I you had questions. It? Yeah, because you're like, "Wait, well, how are we here?" You know. Yeah, yeah. Just in terms of like, I don't remember it this way. Right. Exactly. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, I haven't watched it in so long, and it 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 was fun. I it is interesting. I've never watched. I will never have watched the Back to the Future trilogy so close together. Yeah. So it was a very interesting watch. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, as far as the, I mean, it's just such a fun, it's such a fun trilogy because I feel like it does a lot of firsts that other uh-huh. series later do so much. So wh- one of them, for, for people who don't know, uh, uh, back in the, I believe the 70s, there was this movie based on the, the Three Musketeer books. Mm-hmm. And so they made this movie called The Three Musketeers, and as they were filming it, they realized we're not going to be able to film this whole mo- this whole story. So they filmed, at the same time, The Four Musketeers. And Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, when they were starting to work on this idea, you know, they're coming up with all these ideas, mm-hmm. which I'll get into in a second, but then they they decide, oh, it'd be fun if they went to the Wild West, but they had all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so then they thought... Well, let's do what the Three Musketeers and Four Musketeers did. Yeah. And do that. And then now it's like a staple in Hollywood. Like, if you're going to make a finale, you got to do a Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Back to the Future, Avengers. Like, you film them all yeah. at one time. Yeah. And this is where that kind of starts. Besides, I mean, of course, it obviously started with the Three Musketeers. But that thing, wasn't but, planned. Right. From what you've said. So. Yeah. It's interesting. And, and they didn't have hoverboards, and too. And they didn't. So. Yeah. Not yeah. so far as I know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. That's true. I have not either. <laughs> so I can't... I can't I can, I'm, I'll check Wikipedia later yeah. and just make sure that's the case. But even that's not for sure. Um, 
But yeah, and and just kind of the idea of like I, I'm always I'm a huge sucker for whenever a movie ends and then the sequel begins with no time having taken place. Yeah. Like I mean, this movie starts and they recreate the beginning of the movie. I don't think I've ever or the end like, of the last movie. So I okay, so I have not seen the third one. I'll say that now. That's one that I've also kind of seen on TV, but I, I really have not seen the third one. But what is just so fun watching them so close together, I'm like, man, Marty has the craziest weekend of his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I forgot he's so tired. Yeah, that's true. It's his like nineteen eighty five life is just like he's he's two living, days or something. He's living like multiple that. lives in like two days. Well, I guess you spent like a week in the first movie in nineteen fifty five, but whatever. But still, yeah. I mean yeah. yeah. And I don't remember how the third one ends, so I don't know if he ever takes Jennifer on that camping trip. Mm, wow bummer for her i bet oh, he does poor so. poor jennifer yeah, yeah. just wait, yeah we'll get into that too right because <laughs> yeah. oh, she got a bum rap in this one <laughs> she really she did really did <laughs> she did so yeah i guess that's a great segue uh bob gale and robert zemeckis did Sorry, not when did this movie come out what year uh 1989 89 it, it came okay. out uh, uh november 22nd 1989 okay, okay. On a $40 million budget. Okay. And it made $118 million domestic. All right. And 331.9 worldwide. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so at the end of Back to the Future 1, you know, Doc grabs Marty and Jennifer, and they fly away. And Zemeckis has cited that as proof that he they never intended to make a sequel. Because him and Bob were like, Dang it! Why did we do that? Because now we're making a sequel, and we we have no interest in this character, which the movie definitely shows, <laughs> and at least they're honest about it. <laughs> on the one hand, but um, they're like, yeah, every every time she has a couple of lines, they're like, just knock her out. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> she's talking too much. <laughs> yeah. Literally, she's asking too many questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is yeah, as far as like women representation in. Hollywood, not great, but at least they're honest about it. <laughs> but really, that's not great. Um, but yeah, so they had. I, I for, I'm forgetting the first actress's name. Do you remember from oh, Back I, to the Future one? Yeah, Claudia Wells is that her name? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So she um, did not return. She was supposed to be in both of these movies, but her mother got sick, and she just like left the industry for years oh wow and just was not did not want to work did yeah. not want to be a part of it perfectly commendable to me yeah so they recast her uh-huh and that's recast number one and as you were talking about kind of issues that plagued the movie i would say that's that's one although since she's in the first Wait, movie so, so you, little do you have a problem with the actress or just that they no. recast it at all it just is like yeah it's like well it's that's a problem you have actor. to solve okay. and you have to yeah. figure out yeah yeah um, so they do that and then they're talking to, so that basically the studios go to Bob and Bob and they say, can you make more? And they say, we will only do it if Christopher Lloyd and, uh, uh, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. I wanted to say Jamie Fox, Michael J. Fox want to make the movie mm -hmm. and sign on. And they say, yeah, we'll do it as long as Bob and Bob are involved. Okay. So they do it. And then they start talking to all the actors. That's when they have to figure out a recast. 
But then there was another recast that I didn't even realize till I was watching the making of. And that is... Um, George McFly. Yeah, Crispin Glover. Uh, he wanted to get paid more. And according to Bob Gale, he was asking for just like so much money that someone of his stature, it was ridiculous. Okay. Crispin has said that that they were only offering him $125,000. Wow. Okay. And he was like, that's not good enough. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. Um, but then in 2013, he said, as we discussed last episode, that he had such a intense philosophical disagreement with how the first movie ends with them getting money and getting the American dream instead of love. Yeah. Uh, that he, he was kind of being... Like I don't want to. Like he just wasn't interested in it at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I've, uh, I mean, I've heard. I I don't know that he is uh, notoriously difficult um, to work with. I know probably about as much as Crispin uh, about Crispin Crispin Glover as I do the Three Musketeers, so I can't really, (laughs) yeah, vouch personally for him. But I have I have heard uh, multiple stories of him being difficult, so I'm sure it was. Not quite as simple as like that the movie did not end with pure love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah a good kinda, point. We kind of talked about that a little like briefly in the last episode about how he's kind of has a history potentially of, of being difficult to work with. Yeah. So. But it's what's interesting. Let's say he's in the movie. Like based on what we have, what would he have? Like, like they don't. He's barely shown. Probably barely shown because they didn't get Crispin Glover. Well, but to answer that, they they when they found out he wasn't going to be in it, they were like, "Oh, well, let's just kill him." So that idea they hadn't even thought of until they couldn't get him. But it didn't like ruin the movie for them or anything. Yeah. He, once he doesn't sign on, then they say, "Well, let's just write him out of the movie." Okay. And then that inspires their decision. To in the future, when George McFly is there, he's upside down. Yeah. Because no one's really going to notice. I have to admit, last night, I had no clue that that wasn't Crispin Glover. Yeah. Because he has even more old age makeup on. Well, they're not like doing close ups of him or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was, it was, it's such a great way to cover it up. And it's fun too. Like, I, I will forever remember, uh, George McFly coming in upside down (laughs) on that little, like, uh, Whatever that is, that that um, drone that carries him around. <laughs> was it for his back? Yeah, I think he said something about hurting it at the golf course, right? Okay. Yes, yeah, he had a yeah. bad back. <laughs> um, so then they get Jeffrey Weissman to play George. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is crazy, too, is uh, Glover filed a lawsuit because they used footage from him from Back to the mm-hmm. Future. Uh, and he was like, I never gave them permission to do that. Okay. So he files a lawsuit, and this resulted in SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, adding clauses that producers and actors are not allowed to use such methods to reproduce the likeness of other actors. Okay. So what's interesting is it's it's just had further ramifications because as we get further into this digital realm, yeah, you know, you can't just go hey, I want to have young Clint Eastwood in my movie because digitally we can do it. It's uh-huh. like you would have to get the rights from his estate if if he was, I'm acting like he's dead. He isn't dead, but yeah. he's old and yeah. Uh, you, you would have to get the rights from him and stuff like yeah. that. So 
Interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of good to establish that before it got out of hand. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And do you know if that was specifically for the clips they used from the first film or for this Jeffrey Weissman um, guy that they had to kind of like make up for the old, like the far away 1955 shots, the like reshoots from different perspectives? I- I'm pretty sure it is that that they were using... Ah, that's interesting because maybe it's a little combo of both. Yeah, because I feel like if it's if you have the if you have the final product, you can kind of maybe maybe back then it wasn't in the contracts, but I feel like if you have that final product, you could kind of do what you want with that final yeah. product. Like you own technically like George quote unquote George McFly over Crispin Glover's yeah. face, you know? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of. But I'm sure it, it makes me think of you know, the biggest franchise in the world right now, Marvel, I am sure, unless you're Robert Downey Jr., I am sure that you basically sign away, like, all of your likeness so oh, that they yeah, can use it like anytime they want to, whether you're dead or alive or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I don't see how they would ever allow people to have that power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you get you get paid a whole lot more than Crispin Glover was getting offered, I'm That's sure. True. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Hey, I'd love to be in one of those movies. I'd sign away my likeness, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, uh, the the people who made this movie are the same people from the last time. We have same cinematographer, Dean Cundey, same music, Alan Silvestri. Uh, I already talked about Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis. So this is like the same crew. Everybody's behind it. Everybody likes what they're doing. Mm Um. Uh, I found out that Zemeckis told people that the hoverboards were real, but they just weren't releasing them to the public. So after this movie came out, people were like calling toy companies Uh demanding that they release the hoverboards. Uh That's That's not cool. That's not cool at all. That is upsetting. If I I I didn't hear that as a kid. If I had heard that and then found that out, I would I would have uh, rioted for sure. (laughs) To the courthouse. What a tease. Oh man. Um, and then the first draft of this movie had them in act three going to the sixties where Lorraine was a flower child, uh, um, protesting the Vietnam war. Okay. And they handed it, uh, Bob Gale handed it to Zemeckis and he was like, I don't really like that. But he, he said, we can do something that hasn't really been done before though. And we can basically recreate the movie we already made, but uh, add different perspectives. And, and they add, were, the, add the same characters again. Yeah. yeah. So they, and they both, it sounds like they're just like, oh yeah, let's do that. Okay. And then that's when he said, also it'd be cool if they go to the Wild West. And then, and then <laughs> it starts snowballing. <laughs> no no to the flower child thing, but Wild West is in. Yeah. Um. They also kind of helped develop this motion control camera technology so that the scenes like when they're at dinner and there's Michael J. Fox, Michael J. Fox son, Michael J. Uh-huh. Fox daughter can all be in the same shot. Okay. Cool. And like that whole set, everything is just super glued because they have to do those shots over and over and over. What do you mean super glued? Like like oh, the, the... the plates and table and Got all it. that stuff. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty much what I have on notes for the movie. Interesting. 
Yeah. I, the, it's mostly the same cast of actors. Um, you had mentioned Jeffrey Weissman. So he replaces Crispin Glover as George McFly. Um, he's in Saved by the Bell, like a episode of it, a Twilight Zone movie, Pale Rider. And then uh, Elizabeth Shue, who replaces um, Claudia Wells as Jennifer. She's in The Saint, Leaving Las Vegas. She's in Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. Um, and she's also in Adventures and Babysitting. And then I did not know that Flea was in this movie. That was, oh, yes. that was like a shock. And it's just, he is a very interesting person. So guys, if you don't know, Flea is in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Um, well, the fans call him RHCP, but sure. Yeah. 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 Um, but he is just in so, he just pops up and just the weirdest things, sometimes not the weirdest things. So he was like, you know, in Baby Driver, The Big Lebowski, Fear and Loathing. Those are just a few. He's in like a million more things. I mean, he was in Obi-Wan. He was? He was at the beginning. Remember, he, could, he couldn't catch Princess Leia because oh, she, she yeah. went under a small branch and he couldn't catch her. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny whenever did, he pops up in something, it's just like I am distracted now. <laughs> <laughs> did you two ever see the movie The Chase with Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson? That'll oh, tell you what no. like what like era it's in for those two to be the leads in a movie. But <laughs> yeah. uh, it's about like um, he takes uh, Charlie Sheen takes this rich girl hostage, and they go on a, the whole movie is in a car chase. And Anthony Kiedis and Flea play these two guys <laughs> that are trying to like it's it's a highly publicized chase, so everyone's watching on TV. So they try like to crash their car into Charlie Sheen's car. They're hilarious, the two of them. <laughs> it's such random casting, but that yeah. scene alone is worth watching that movie. I mean, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Isn't isn't one of them in Speed, or am I misremembering? Well, that? Anthony Kiedis is in Point Break. Yeah, that's what I'm surfer. thinking of. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm I just can't imagine that that they would mesh with all these great directors that they've worked with. I, I'm just so confused by them having so many cameos throughout multiple decades. I mean, it's at this point to me where it's like, oh, Flea's a get. You got well, Flea in your movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but around this, this so time, random. like, like how is, um, oh, man, I'm totally having a, a blank moment here, but uh, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. How is she like, yeah, I want to work with Anthony Kiedis? And what? Oh, in Point Break. Next... Oh, right, she did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, just, that, I just can't, like, reconcile that in my head. I don't know. Or, like, the Coen brothers. Yeah. They're like, yeah, let's put him in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah. Um, and he looked weird aged up. It looked weird to me. Oh, I mean, can we talk about how the uh, the aging <laughs> up makeup has not aged itself very well? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's strange. It's it's uh, it's watching it this time around for me. It, it's um, high school drama school play worthy to me almost <laughs> yeah. like it's those those lines on uh michael j fox's forehead oh my gosh no good yeah yeah and i mean i mean that's not even mentioning the breast augmentation which oh is of Lorraine. Mean, frightening it is, it, it is it frightening is. which yeah. i do think is very intentional they're they're very making that very intentional that yeah. it's frightening and strange uh but that she, I, I kind of love how insane she looks, but it's also like a little hard to look at her in the uh -huh. movie. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uncomfortable. <laughs> Weird, especially if you're a young a young 
person going to the to the movies. I think that would be a little jarring. Although the first movie did have like some pretty intense sexual innuendo and assault and stuff like that. So yeah. I guess that's just Back to the Future for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great it's a great way to be brought up for sure. Yeah. Just wholesome movies. <laughs> totally. Um No, the the makeup on those, it's it's like that it looks so unrealistic. Like it, it's just like there's no movement. I don't want to, you know, harp on the boob makeup, but it just <laughs> <laughs> they don't move like they're actually attached to her body. It's just very statuesque, <laughs> which I guess adds the comedy of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of think it's funny because it's 30 years in the future. Yeah. And Marty is like a teenager, you know, in 1985. And I just feel like he looks way too old. Like, I know 30 years is a long yeah. time. I know. But he, he looks like a grandpa. Yeah. And I think, it's, I think it's funny. I think you can even go back to the first movie and even kind of think that for the parents. Oh, totally. But, but, I, yeah. but I get, like, it's all kind of ex- exaggerated. Yeah. But that that's just kind of funny, too. Oh, and and I forgot to mention, this is kind of sidetracking here, but I forgot to mention that for me, uh, I, I watched this movie at a friend's house at one point. I thought it was fine. But yeah. then I rewatched it on o- October 21st, 2015, and that was really fun because that was the day cool. they go to the future. Um, and then I watched it again. Nice. Last night. And it, it, I, I like it a little more each time. Yeah, I um, I remember I was in Chicago in 2015 and I was at a bar. I forget where it was at, but it was like it was all just filled with Back to the Future. Like everyone was like, the Cubs are going to win this year. Yeah. And it was a very fun time to be in Chicago. That, that was it was people were really getting into it. Well, and it was crazy because the the Cubs won in 2016. Mm-hmm. So they, they just like barely didn't. Crazy like get that that's so, so insane it's, it's it's so cool how close it was but if they didn't pulled it off the year before that would have been something else yes yeah. yeah. did you uh two ever get to go on the ride yes I don't at universal I did, no. yeah yeah i remember loving the ride the ride so i because i'm i grew up in la so i would go to universal all the time that's also why this movie is so like exciting to me because i would go and i love the the tour there and you always get yeah. to see all the back to the future stuff there obviously that's like one of their biggest films yeah but that ride before they replaced it with the simpsons ride um was one of the best rides of all time it was so fun as a kid and they had to take it down eventually because um part of the ride is that you go into the future and the future is 2015 and i think they realized as we were getting close to 2015 that this yeah. ride's kind of uh dated and people are really <laughs> going to point it out um, yeah. yeah when they're when they're riding this thing in 2017 um but yeah i have such good memories of that ride and oh, at Uni- universal studios in general um, yeah i have a friend i had a friend growing up whose dad was the vp of universal Wow. Of, of Universal of Universal Studios, not yeah. you know, not films, but so my friend had like he had one of the hoverboards they used in the movie. Oh my gosh. It was coolest thing in the world as a kid. And I remember in sixth grade we had to shoot some kind of um report for something about like uh, pretending like we visit different countries and learning about their cultures. Mm-hmm. And his dad got us all onto the lot for Universal. <laughs> and we got to I wish I wish I had, could find this video or track yeah, it down awesome. because we got to like use the DeLorean 
um, and pretend, yeah, pretend like we traveled back in time to all these places that we could shoot on uh-huh. the lot in Universal Studios for all these great moments in history. I, I mean, I wish I had that video because it was probably the worst like script, but <laughs> <laughs> the settings were incredible. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Well. I don't know if you realize, but you just described if Bill and Ted had the DeLorean instead of a phone booth. Wow. <laughs> you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> it was for a school report, and it was traveling in time so that they could like do their report well. Wow, it's a hat on a hat yeah, on a hat. Yeah. Insert you did guitar it. riff here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I, I remember... That ride was one of my favorite rides at Universal as well. And when it they changed it to Simpsons, I remember like discovering that. And I'm like, oh, that really sucks. I really like the Back to the Future ride. And then I remember going on the ride, hadn't really watched the Simpsons at that point in my life. And I laughed the whole time. <laughs> it was so funny to me. So it's like, personally for me, it's like, bummer that it's not Back to the Future. But I did laugh the entire time on the Simpsons sure. ride. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean... What I liked about the Back to the Future ride was that Tom Thomas Wilson, I think he, I don't think he gets enough credit for these movies overall. Oh, um, yeah. He because he he by far, I feel like he has to do the most. Totally, um, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was so happy that he he was in the ride, like he was the main antagonist in the ride. Yeah. He stole Doc's okay. DeLorean, and you have to like track him through time and bring him back um, to the present. And I was so happy. I was like, uh, even as a kid, I was like, good. I hope they yeah. paid him a lot of money for this. He <laughs> deserves it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. Upon watching this movie yesterday, I just realized that Biff is the center of this universe. Yeah. It all <laughs> rides on him. It really does. That's crazy. He's, uh, yeah, Tom Wilson, I mean, yeah, so uh, he just brings a completely different energy to each movie. Because, I, I mean, yeah, even... No, not each movie, each role well, within each yes, movie. Yes, but I mean, because I'm even thinking of Back to the Future 3, and he's doing something totally different in that movie. Yeah. And he's, like, hardly even recognizable under yeah. all of that makeup and stuff. He is... It's just hard because Doc and Marty are so iconic that you just kind of are like, oh, yeah, and then there's Biff. But I, but I think he but, is as iconic... But yeah. he's just not as, like, but you just think of Marty. I don't know. I, I would argue that he's as iconic as them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would certainly, I think because this movie is making a, uh, you know, it's riffing on Trump, not, yeah. to, not to bring down the mood, but I do think, <laughs> like, our generation has kind of embrace like memifying that sort of thing with with back to the future and i think it's made him his this character even more iconic sure i mean yeah. I, I would yeah. prefer if we were just like who's that person that they're riffing on but unfortunately we don't have yeah. that anyway yeah it does it does <laughs> make that whole um 1985 alternate universe a, a little sadder to watch it now than <laughs> uh, yeah. back when i was a kid for sure it's uh, a <laughs> little too real <laughs> yeah unfortunately but in our timeline uh not to not to date this episode of when we're recording it too much but i did think it was funny when i was watching this movie and you know he's going back to get the almanac and i was thinking like oh that must be what the fbi is trying to get at trump's house that's my fun joke and cue the laugh track <laughs> Yeah. 
Yes. I'll yeah, have to add a much. laugh track because no one's laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but was there was there anything else uh that, that plagued the production that, that we haven't covered? Um I'm trying to think I know Robert Zemeckis was heavily involved in Who Framed Roger Rabbit around that's the same right. time. Oh yeah. Um which by the way, that's on my other list of perfect movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that movie is perfect. That I just watched that one recently too, and that one holds up. It's incredible. Yeah. That one I'm see like Back to the Future Part Two. The makeup hasn't aged so well. Some of the future stuff hasn't. For some reason, something about Roger Rabbit with that, the animation and the character, the yeah. human characters interacting with cartoons. It it it's in, it's incredible that that was in the '80s that they made that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. that movie is baffling to watch on if if you put on your like how did they make this hat it's it's really hard to figure out yeah i stay up at night sometimes thinking about how they got uh that weasel to splash eddie valiant with water and hit when he's washing dishes in the <laughs> yeah. sink in his kitchen yeah <laughs> it's just mind-blowing to me i don't know yeah, yeah. well and there's a there's a great uh video essay youtube guy patrick willems who you maybe know of um and he has this whole like i want to say it's like 40 or 50 minute breakdown of like the entire career of robert zemeckis Mm -hmm. and he talks about how he kind of has like a i hope i'm representing it well but this theory that it's like robert zemeckis is always trying to play with his toys yeah and this was this magic time where he was playing with the toys pushing the boundary really far and doing things like Roger Rabbit, doing things like trying to make his own movie again within another movie in a sequel. Yeah. And it's before he gets into doing uh, all the weird photorealist CGI Christmas Carol and Beowulf and all of that stuff. Motion yeah. capture. That's that's the word I'm looking for. Um, but anyway, yeah, he it, he's a very interesting filmmaker because he is playing with his toys. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has a movie about a, a vet who like has to play with toys in order to like process his emotions. Mm-hmm. The welcome to Marwin. So yeah. Anyway, he's he's a very strange strange uh, filmmaker, but I like him. Yeah. Um. So should we just dive into this plot here? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's go I'm through ready. the movie. Sure. So the movie begins, and we're right where Back to the Future ended. Uh. The recreation is kind of insane. It, it it is like they they do it almost perfect. Yeah, these shots and stuff. Even watching it just two nights apart, I was like, I can't really tell if they're the shots that don't have Jennifer if they're reshooting them or if they're just from the other movie. Yeah, yeah, you can watch. You can watch split. There's like on YouTube if you Google it or if you like search it. Oh you can yeah, find split screens and it's it's pretty fun to watch. They got they got pretty close to most of it. That's yeah, I should do that. Um so they do that and then they they take off where we're going. We don't need roads. But then Biff has been waxing the car and he looks up and he's like, "Well, he's heck? no he's running out to show Marty his matchbook collection." That's or right. his, his not collection, his new matchbooks. Yes. For his business. And he sees this thing fly off and disappear, mm-hmm. which kind of starts the process of what we're going to see. Yeah. Um, and so 
Then, as we kind of already discussed, they they land in 2015 and immediately throw Jennifer. They literally put her outside well, she, of the she's car. She's in the DeLorean. Like, <laughs> we're going to the future. We're married. Where do we get married? What wedding dress do I wear? How many kids do we have? And he just like kind of does that Men in Black thing, kind of. Right. But like, it knocks her out. She's out. <laughs> and, and then just like literally sets it doesn't even leave her in the car they set her in the alley they're in an alley and they just put her there and marty's like is she gonna be okay and doc's like it'll only be a couple of minutes it's fine yeah why why the alley there's that was the one place you could leave why not did he say why he couldn't leave her in the car no he had to go (laughs) it makes no sense does does doc take the car or does he just leave the car there for no he takes it because he takes the car Yeah. yeah but she could just be with him in the passenger seat or something. Yeah, I don't know. he must have. I can't remember. He must have said something. Yeah, and maybe people yeah. are listening to this and screaming at us. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> but it does seem like they could have found a nicer place than like on a couple of boxes near some trash cans in an alley. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's funny. It's interesting. Um, and Marty, Marty, boyfriend of the year. I know. How about how about we don't leave my girlfriend uh, in the trash for this? Um, in the future, we're all alone. Come on. Step up, I, yeah. Girl. He's he should have learned a little bit with his last adventure. There's a lot of creeps out there. His, yeah. He found his dad was a peeping tom. Biff was doing, you know, assaulting people. I mean, he knows the creeps are out. He should. Uh, he's about to find out that he's uh, people don't like it, or he doesn't like it when people call him chicken. He develops <laughs> that that little irk in thirty years. Right, right. I forgot that he didn't have that in the first one. <laughs> I know that that's such a weird. Thing, uh, because it, it it really plays, and even with the music cues and everything, it makes it feel like, oh, you, you we all know this. But what's crazy about it too <laughs> is it is it is, that alone has caused major life events to happen in his life. Like he doesn't play music anymore because he got hurt about something right. with a car because someone called him chicken. Yeah, he loses his job. Now he's like kind of a, a loser, loses his job. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. That would be like like if I if I was gonna change anything with this movie, I'd be like, get rid of the chicken thing and figure out something else. Yeah, because then they also use it in the the third movie as well, and it's just so strange to me. Yeah, how do you feel about the chicken? It's a uh, maybe it maybe it played back then. Maybe the yeah. to- toxic masculinity was a little bit more intense back then. So if, <laughs> if another guy called you chicken, you had to get all huffy and puffy about it but it's just like the least insulting insult if you ask me yes to get angry yeah. about very much so you know i would laugh every time if someone called me chicken yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's it's a it's an interesting one Is it, isn't there a point when like our our present marty they call him a chicken and he gets mad or not Does yeah that, yeah yeah i think the old guy and the because i think in the in the uh 80s shop i think old biff calls him chicken or young biff yeah i'm kind of forgetting i just think it's funny because in the first movie i think they do a very good job of showing marty as like this cool guy but he's kind of silly too um but he's also not he's not stupid like he's figuring all this out and then this movie it's just like one word that's kryptonite yeah 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 but it's also like there's too much other cool stuff to really only because we're sitting here talking about back to the future for well over an hour are we gonna get into the chicken (laughs) stuff Um, 
But so so Marty gets out and he's at the 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 town square, and this is when we start seeing uh, the crazy fashion. Mm-hmm. They wear two ties in this in this uh, 2015. There's a Jaws 19 directed by Max Spielberg. Uh, oh, I didn't catch the name. I just saw that it's it's now this time it's really really personal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, then the, like a hologram comes out to try and eat him, and he says the the shark still looks fake. Funny. Love the he's got shoes that you know put basically put themselves on him. Self lacing shoes. His jacket, like it, you press a button and it is your size suddenly, and it dries you. Love it. Love all of it. Yeah. How often are people? getting wet in their jackets that it dries you off i guess if you're walking out in the rain and stuff but maybe it that's just seems what it weird is. yeah or maybe a lot of people fall into that it is a big pond man-made yeah that's yeah <laughs> the in the in the behind the scenes and i think it's a 25th anniversary so it's it's still you know it's a few years ago um steven spielberg is talking about the movie and he's like you know i i really thought someone was gonna make those self-lacing shoes and i, I, I that would have been cool that was the one thing i really really wanted to happen <laughs> from this movie yeah. <laughs> that's funny and i know nike has done like versions of it well there's like a video there. of michael j fox putting up putting them on yeah but yeah. but i mean it's never been like it, it's never it just seems like that is kind of a no-brainer yeah, we, I feel like we should have that technology, like on every shoe, where you just put it on. I think the closest we've go. gotten is Velcro. It's not self putting on, but it's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, we were way ahead of our time with the Velcro. Yes, yeah. I don't even know why we have laces at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. But he needs to do something. His son is going to go be sentenced to prison for fifteen years, and they'll come up to that decision in two hours because they abolished lawyers by twenty fifteen, which is very funny yeah, to yeah. think about. Like, how did we get there? Um, but I th- his son's going to go to prison. Uh, so Marty needs to like act as his son, go to the eighties cafe, and this guy is going to come to him, and he has to tell him, "I'm not in." It's like that's all Marty yes. has to do. Yeah. Simple. Um. I, I'm sorry to keep making us go back. Yeah. But I do want to point well, out. Well, I mean, it, it works for this movie, right? Sometimes oh, yeah. you got to go back to the past. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, I do have to point out my favorite joke of the movie, which plays on a joke in the previous movie. Doc, once they land, he says, I have this rejuvenation mask. And he takes off his <laughs> mask, and, and he looks exactly the same, and he says, it's taken years off of me, or something to that effect. <laughs> this joke that he is always like looking younger or older and he always looks exactly the same man does he see is like a new spleen too like th- those kinds of things are just like so <laughs> common to like those kinds of surgeries in 2015 i don't remember that but i think he has more things great. done than just his face that's like kept him youthful yeah they go to the 80s bar which uh it's f- it, it's just so funny. I, I I love that idea because it's like we have nostalgic fifties bars, and then the idea that in two thousand fifteen there'd be enough mm-hmm. years that have come go by that we'd have a nostalgic eighties bar. Mm-hmm. Which in a way, I mean, I'm sure there's a nostalgic eighties bar somewhere. Yeah, yeah, we've got a few out here. There's, yeah, uh, there's a really great like eighties arcade bar Ooh, in downtown cool. LA. That's a lot of fun. That sounds cool. Well, see, there we have it. I mean, even the the very cycle of movies is just now making its way out of the 80s into the 90s, but around 2015 and early 20s, well, we're still in early 20s, but 
yeah. it was a uh, it was eighty. So they kind of nailed that. Um, Elijah Wood is in this scene. Never noticed that until this time. Never. Yeah, this is apparently his first uh, appearance ever. Wow! Before so I crazy. guess it's like pre Radio Flyer, pre wow. The Good Son. Wow. It is crazy. We had to rewind it because I caught it like right as he was like after he delivered his line and it really took my breath away. <laughs> it was crazy. He's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> and funny. And, and also there's like a Wild West video game, mm-hmm. which is kind of like some foreshadowing on what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and Marty like is quick drawing on yeah. it. So mm-hmm. I but, don't. Uh, do, are you a, are you a fan of the third movie as well? Yeah, is anyone? I mean, look, hey, <laughs> hey, we all know that's like the 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 least of the three. Yeah, um, I'm not like not a fan of it, but as far as if you put it up against the first two movies, I, I, it's like, uh, do you want to watch an old guy fall in love on a horse? That's the plot of the third one. Right. Not to not to spoil it, <laughs> but yeah, which I guess is fine. Right. There's places for that too, but um, yeah. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's just not as good as the the other two for me. Do they get into because Doc is such a man of innovation and ex- excelling humankind? Does do they explain why he like it's the Wild West out of everywhere else he wants to go to? Well, no. In this, he gets struck by lightning, so it's like it's uh, random. He gets sent back. No, in he time says randomly. in this movie, "I want to go to the Wild West" because he was going to. Oh. I don't, I think he said it in this one where he's he's gonna maybe he said it in the last one, but he's gonna destroy t- the time machine. Because uh-huh. it's just too volatile, volatile, and he said it just as a bummer because I really wanted to go to the Wild West. Oh, I completely don't. And remember then in that this scene, movie, but... he does ma- say something where he's like, "Oh, you're saying in the first movie he says." I think that. he says in the first oh, okay, movie, okay. but I'm getting it mixed up now. But then I think in this movie he says, um, "Like he'll never un- like something that he's always afraid of and doesn't understand is women," which I know he covers in the. Yeah. He, he figures that out by the third movie. Huh. But he does say that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he maybe he had it clocked in and then and then it got struck by lightning and sent him back. That's no, what he I think did. happened. It was like accidentally put in or he he was like using it as an example. So we yes. want to go to the old west or something like that. Something and he put like it that. In. So it was like it was on there so that when it got struck by lightning, he got sent there. Yes, that's what happened. That makes that makes the most sense. Yeah. 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 Or wait, are you saying it, it does say that and I just missed it? Or you're you're? No, I think I think he says something along that when he's like say, showing it as an example, like let's say okay. we wanted to go to the old west, eighteen eighty five or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. He puts it into the thing and but never actually travels there. And then yeah, it's like it's not on, his intention. It's on the DeLorean when it gets struck by lightning, so that's yeah. where he goes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so then we meet Griff and Biff. There's there's old Biff, right? Uh, Grandpa yeah. Biff and and Young Biff. Is it Grandpa Biff or is it? Yeah, it's, yeah it'd be it's, Grandpa it's, it's, Biff. It's his. Yeah, he's always like. We never see parents. No, al- it's always skips a generation. Yeah, for some reason. Oh yeah. Griff it, Griff interacts with his grand his Grandpa Biff, and then 1955 Biff is living with his grandma. We yes. don't see her, but uh, we don't hear about his parents at all. I don't know right. what yeah. the deal is with. Hmm, Maybe it explains. Maybe absentee parents are why they're such uh, assholes. Those those <laughs> yeah. tenants. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about um, Tom Wilson's performance in as Griff? Love. 
You love it? Love. His he's so it's it's <laughs> like it's it's over the top, but it's it's perfectly over the top. Like it should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not over the top where it's like unbear it's it, these these should be caricatures almost. Yeah. Um yeah. he's so he's so it's that's why I think he's so good. I think it's it's over the top without it being like bad over the top. Yeah. Well, and and I think something that we we've talked about uh a lot. I don't know if it's been on the podcast or just in general, but when when someone is so good like Tom Wilson at doing something zany, it is often like you were saying earlier in the episode, it's often uh kind of looked down on or it's like, well that's not a serious role though. And I'm thinking like it's I would think it'd be harder to do what he's doing in these three movies than a lot of best actor performances. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying he should have won an Oscar for this movie, but I am saying there is a not Leonardo DiCaprio could not be in this movie. He couldn't. <laughs> and he's one of my favorites and I love him, but mm-hmm. he could not pull this off. Mm-hmm. No way. Daniel Day-Lewis couldn't do it. The, oh, the whoa. Lewis himself? Whoa, so... Wow. He couldn't do it. <laughs> to, only Tom. I'm saying only Tom could wow. have done this. But now you have you have me imagining a world where Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> plays all the Biffs in the Back to the Future movies, and I need to see that. <laughs> yeah. If there's if there is an alternate timeline where that happens, I am going back to make sure I get to see yeah. that. I think that's wow. why he needs to come out of retirement. He's he's he is the process that's going to make Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis go. We're ready to make Back uh-huh. to the Future uh-huh. four. <laughs> That would be something like they'd say, like, we'll make those movies when Daniel Day Lewis agrees to be in them. And then he's like, oh, I'll do it. And then, like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, all you have to do is ask this whole time. Yeah. That was supposed to be, that was supposed to be our one pigs fly. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but you know what I'm saying, right? You know, I know, I know what you're saying. Um, I mean, maybe Daniel could do it. Leo, not so much. Okay. You know, I think Daniel Day Lewis could be Doc Brown. I could see him doing yeah. Doc Brown pretty well. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. It's not that, you know, the voice is not that different than uh, Daniel Plainview from There Will Be Blood, uh-huh. really. It's, it, it's a little It really similar. isn't that different, yeah. <laughs> he just needs to talk faster. Yeah. Like, I think that would be the only difference. Marty, I'm an oil man. <laughs> 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 okay, so there's, there's, there is, but okay, now I do want them to make a fourth movie. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean. It's pretty interesting. I'm like I I I don't want them to touch it, obviously, because yeah. they're so sacred. But at the same time, if they if you get the right people involved and the right, uh, it could they could come up with something. But I hope they don't touch it. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, I I can't remember if we said it in the last episode, but we'll definitely say it next episode. Uh, I mean, as as late as this year. Bob Gale has said that there is no chance they will ever make another movie. Um, and he he's like, they have a deal with Amblin. Or I don't know if Amblin's still a company anymore. But wh- whatever's going on, like Bob and Bob, they own the rights to it. And I think no one's allowed to make it without both people on board. Well, so how the show happen then? Well, I think that's a little different. Because yeah. they also have like video games and stuff. That show animated? It is, yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah, they had like the Bill and Ted show and they had the Back oh, to the yeah. Future show. That's right. Okay. But all of that to say he has assured us that that it is it will not happen. Yeah. He has he has and no that, interest that, in it. Is that included when they both 
die or is that like is there or is universal gonna be like let's do this they're they're gone let's do 15 of these go 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 well i'm gonna try and research that some more with uh for next week's episode because it they made it sound like it like the way bob gale talks about it is very much like it's not possible it won't happen but you know i don't know maybe he has some sort of deal that that then his estate would then take over and they would also like nullify the option to ever make it i don't know it's interesting yeah it would be weird because by the time they could make the movie they would not be able to use any of the cast most likely except for in like a you know bill murray and ghostbusters role kind of thing that's all they could do like a cameo yeah yeah they'd be like hey guys you planning on going back to the future and the audience would be like ah yeah i've i've done that oh my god <laughs> yeah. it's marty mcfly <laughs> um yeah so now we have the whole big hoverboard sequence yeah well here's a question i have about his son is his son just uh like stupid or something like he, he's just acting <laughs> no he's just acting so different i think he's just aloof He's yeah. just weird. He's just kind of a weirdo. Yeah, just kind of geeky. Yeah, geeky. I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of like he's kind of like the 2015 version of uh, George McFly, I guess. Just kind okay. of, you know. Oh yeah, I like thinking of it that way. Yeah. He just wanders around, gets into stuff that whatever. Apparently. Yeah. Which, by the way. Yeah. Sorry, you you mentioned those jackets are supposed to fit to you. Why is he, why are his sleeves all over the place? <laughs> I don't think he's hit the button. Oh yeah, he's yeah. probably not not thinking too straight there. Yeah. yeah. I I think I mean also on just like a like a writing level I I think they just it's so we know who's different. Well, and the idea is just kind of funny like this really cool guy made this kid who's a dweeb and is not cool at all. I'm going to take back weirdo. I'm going to change it with eccentric. Yeah, an eccentric billionaire. An eccentric Marty Fly. <laughs> McFly. <laughs> Marty Fly. <laughs> but yeah, so we get the hoverboard sequence. It's cool. This was, as a kid, like one of my favorite scenes yeah. ever in a movie. It's and, so fun. Yeah. This movie has a really interesting balancing act where the, I think, I think we would probably all agree that there is enough new ideas in this movie that they're not just like replicating what they did, but they're also smart enough to know like we kind of have to give the people what they want. Yeah. So they're like doing the hoverboard and even, you know, going back to 1955, it's like, you guys liked it before. Now you're going to like it again. But the fact that they're also commentating on those things as they're happening takes it to this level that's that's so much better than just when you watch a sequel where they just kind of do the same thing again to get the same response. Yeah. Yeah. I think it for me, it works because it's like they need to do these things. So it's yeah. like. He, they need to go to the future to, to prevent this thing. And then they think they did it. And then it's like, now we need to go into the past. Yeah. Yeah. And we're right there with them. One of the, one of the genius things that was really sticking out to me, uh, and it happens, I would say there's probably at least 10 shots in this movie where timeline A, we'll say, walks into frame, does something. And then as that person's doing something, timeline B, like, does something in the same shot. Yeah. And and I think that's what takes this movie from just a run-of-the-mill sequel thing 
that's directed by like a gun for hire to like oh yeah zemeckis is like he is keyed in and we're seeing we're literally seeing in one shot how complicated juggling timelines is yeah so it's a great way to tell the story of this is getting complicated because one thing's happening and as they do that that person's gone now and this is happening and this yeah i feel like it's the only time i've seen in a movie where it's a timeline situation and now we're in a loop situation kind of uh-huh. where marty has to get the almanac but he also has to still make sure that his parents kiss like well, <laughs> yeah, his yeah. other version of himself is still also making sure, but like that that version of himself is in jeopardy because the the bullies are coming after him now, which didn't happen the first time. Ugh, so yeah, good. unless it did, and we just did not know, and that's, that's what's going on. And we're like, how many how many Martys are now in the in 1955 trying to fix what the other Martys have done? Really, and just the more you think about it, the more your brain wants to explode. So you just gotta yeah. accept it and go. Yeah, I do appreciate the um, my my fiance Skylar. Whenever we watch like movies with time travel and stuff, it can get confusing a lot of times. So I really appreciate it in this movie where Doc Brown draws the simple thing on the chalkboard yeah. with the timeline and just the alternate. And it's like that's what I need in every yep. in every time travel movie. Just draw me one of those like two line chalkboard drawings so I know what's going on. Spell it out for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate that in this movie. Definitely, yeah. me too. Yeah, that's uh, that is always helpful. And and like again, I keep on referencing last episode. Of course, again, that's what this movie does. References the previous one. Uh, you know, I I think a lot of movies just assume that you've seen Back to the Future, and then they're like, we can skip that step. And yeah. sometimes that can be to their detriment. Yeah, but then sometimes it's funny, like in Avengers Endgame, when they're yeah. they're like, "Are you basing all your rules on Back to the Future?" And Ant Man goes, "Yeah," <laughs> <You know? laughs> and they, I mean, they get to do what Back to the Future Two did as well, because they get to visit the old movies, mm-hmm. which is fun. Yeah, I, I'm a I'm and a sucker. If you're gonna go back to an old movie and interact with things, I think I'm pretty much a guaranteed ticket sale on that. And Harry Potter does it too in the same yeah. movie. They go back to earlier oh, yeah. in the movie, and that's—I think it's always fun when you do that, and you do it right, and especially in that one, I think it's fun because they—they plant the stuff ahead of time, and then you go back and you see what was going on. Yes, yep. yeah, because that's a uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, with the the pumpkins and yeah, because the... originally, I think her, Harry gets hit by a rock, and he looks into the trees, and Hermione says something like, "What do you see?" And he's like, "I thought I saw." Never mind. Yeah. And they keep going. That's great. That's good. Um, let's see. So now, well, do we have anything else on hoverboards? You, you, I mean, I want to make sure we covered that. That's iconic oh, as it I gets. mean, just, just one of the best delivered lines in movie history uh, when uh, Biff's, or not Biff's, Griff's thugs say uh, hoverboards don't work on water and you get the guy who goes, unless you've got power. It's <laughs> just one of the best lines of all time. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> don't know why he says it like that, but man, yeah. every I l- time I watch that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love that the little girl ends up with Griff's hoverboard. She's like, I got the pit bull now. <laughs> well, there, there's, a, there's another joke in this movie that, that actually this beat out the rejuvenation joke, which is, when Marty punches Biff in 1955 and he grabs the almanac and there's the man that's standing over him and he goes, hey, I think that guy stole his wallet. 
And then everyone's getting around, and he's he's trying to help him and stuff like that. And he goes, yeah, I think that guy stole his wallet. And then Biff goes away and turns around. And then he nearly looks in the camera and goes, I'm pretty sure he stole that guy's wallet. <laughs> yeah. Three times. That really worked yeah, for me. <laughs> that's one of the best roles in the movie, for sure. Yeah, it really he's is. funny. Yeah. I just threw my phone across the room, but we're back. <laughs> um, you drop your wallet? <laughs> I, I think I, think I dropped, dropped my wallet, wallet. <laughs> uh, But yeah so Then Marty has the idea Because he, he's kind of hearing hints That he might not be rich Yeah And right. so he goes hey I see an almanac I could mm -hmm. go back in time Because someone says man If I'd only bet on the Cubs And it makes him think ah I'll go back in time and I'll do that So then he grabs the almanac Doc catches up to him and he goes, okay, we, we stopped your son from making the bad decision and getting arrested. The newspapers changed back. We're good. Mm -hmm. Let's go back and we'll be done. Mm -hmm. But then Doc throws away the almanac or drops it. Can't remember which. He throws it away. Throws it away. Throws it away. But Grandpa Biff has been eavesdropping. Snooping, yeah. 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 By the trash cans. Everyone likes and, to hang out by trash cans in this this movie. Yeah. Well, Jennifer didn't have a choice, but she didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and, and I I do like how you know because it's been thirty years, but he looks in the alley and he goes a DeLorean, and he, and and it jogs his memory from that moment that we saw only ten minutes ago. Yeah. But it was thirty years ago for him. Now, do you think that that moment we saw ten minutes ago, he had already seen a DeLorean from his past, technically? Uh, like uh, when because, he was in the fifties. Because now, yeah, now we know we're gonna have a Delorean chase coming up with Biff. You know what I'm saying with the time oh, loop. This is where yes. this is where yes. my brain my brain yes. starts exploding. Okay, yeah. so that moment we saw at the beginning of the movie where he goes a flying Delorean. Was he saying that because he recognized it from that time in his that crazy time in his teenage years where Marty was going after <laughs> the almanac? <laughs> my brain's exploding. <laughs> so okay, so this is what I think happened. And I, I wish I had a chalkboard, and I wish our listeners could see. I think you have timeline A, which is before any time travel has happened. And that mm -hmm. is where George gets hit by the car. And then they go back, and they create timeline B. And, time, and we see that it affects change. So the end of timeline B, they're like rich. And that's when this movie starts. So in timeline B, they never traveled back in time. Or... Or Biff would have never seen the, the DeLorean. Sure. So then they go to the future, steals the almanac, comes back. Now they're in timeline C, but they're still able to go back to the beginning of timeline B and live that out, creating, I guess, timeline D. Uh, did that okay. make any sense at all? It did. That, okay. that, I mean, that's need, how I view it. But This is a podcast, so unfortunately we don't have a chalkboard for people <laughs> listening, but uh, I, th I think it was helpful. Yeah, so I think this Biff has not seen it, but then he will have seen it eventually. Makes sense to me. Um, but there actually might be more timelines in this movie once Biff goes back and... Yeah. Because then there's so much... I mean, yeah, you could, you, could, you could grab a whiteboard and really go to town on this movie. I'm sure, I'm sure you could look this up. I'm sure there's a chart. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I guess after like that whole like chase sequence and the crash into more manure and all yeah. that stuff, he he probably has a different uh, future. I feel like maybe he's he he 
gets committed or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he would oh, not yeah, just be like think uh, about that. running his own little auto detailing bu- business or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, so do you remember how the third movie ends? N- you know what? I don't. Because I, um, I, I don't it, either, but... That's when it ends where he goes and picks up Jennifer and he's in like his Western garb. And then they go finally go for a drive in the truck and Needles um Needles comes and try tries to drag race with him and he's he calls him chicken and he doesn't act on it and um and doesn't, <laughs> no hit, doesn't way. hit Yeah, doesn't hit the car that was responsible for him hurting his hand and not becoming a famous musician or whatever. Oh, what? Wow, yeah. Don't remember so really, that at all. They really made you wait for that payoff between these two movies. I forgot. Yes. Sometimes I feel like that's in the second one, but it's not because they're not done yet. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, and which which character is Needles? Needles is Flea. Oh, okay. so yeah, yeah, yeah. Needles yeah. is a teenager in the third one with yeah. Marty. Oh, man. Okay. Because apparently in, in, in this universe, you always end up staying in touch with your teenage bullies uh, long into the future. I think that's the true moral of the story, is you just really yeah. can't escape it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I, I got no argument against Biff that. Biff yep. just rules your life. Everyone has their own Biff, and you can't escape them. <laughs> um, okay, so so back to... Back to the Future, <laughs> 2015. Uh, he's got the almanac, and then they go to Marty's Jennifer house. Jennifer gets picked up by the police, and, and they take her home. Yes, and they need to go get her, pretty much. Right. So we are in their home. They they live in Hilldale, which is like ritzy part of this town, but it's not anymore. In 1985, it is, but in 2015, it's yeah. a dump. So right. Marty's like, this is so cool. I made it. Yeah. He like doesn't understand that it's not cool anymore. Um, and that's when we meet uh, old, uh, his his parents. We get not Crispin Glover. Um, uh, Michael J. Fox is playing all of his children. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't remember that. So that was like, it was so confusing to me for a second that I was like, this girl looks like Michael J. Fox. How does that work? But strong jeans that marty mcfly's jeans like they don't look yeah. a single thing like jennifer they just look like marty mcfly yeah <laughs> yeah very much so <laughs> and jennifer get, she gets a little bit she gets to have a little bit of fun here yeah uh, i like in the house i like the the faint she has is hilarious that's uh, a great faint putting your hands up kind of like you're popping out of a bush and then <laughs> falling to the side <laughs> It, I mean, that's You're a great way like, to think. I'm old. Yeah, and she <laughs> says, I'm young. And then they just, I love that. Yeah, I, I think that's great. Yeah. But it is funny because it's like, okay, we fainted her again. Now we don't have to worry about her again. <laughs> yeah. Even the old version of her had to had to get knocked out. It's <laughs> yeah, just, she can't win. <laughs> Which apparently saved the universe uh, or prevented the end of the of time. Because Doc said, oh, right. that was... if she if she sees herself, it, they oh. will either pass out and it'll be fine, or it rips space time oh, yeah, continuum. Yeah, you're right. And and meanwhile, Biff steals the DeLorean, goes back in time, gives the almanac to Biff of the fifty five. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which I guess we'll come back to that that scene in a second. This this movie does such a great job as just far as like storytelling goes, where you know you have this goal, and then it's like obstacle. Now we got a new goal. Obstacle. Now a new goal. Yeah. Because yeah. like if you think about it, their first goal is to go stop Marty's son from being arrested, and that's yeah. like accomplished so quickly in the movie. And then we just keep getting these like obstacles that change the goal as you go along. It's 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 just yeah. It's, I appreciate it, really, it so much. It makes yeah. for such a quick feeling movie. That oh I love. yeah, totally. And and it's it's fun too that the movie is like it has such three distinct acts that are actually like three different timelines. So mm-hmm. it, yeah, the movie just keeps feeling fresh. And and it's also cool that the first movie is so simple, and then this movie's like okay, it, like time travel's complicated. Let's go for it now. And I just uh, yeah. I I I am such a sucker for like time travel starting to get more complex. Yeah, they hydrate a pizza, which I don't know how they accomplished that, but that was cool. That was cool. Well, I guess they probably just had a. They probably just took the pizza out, put another one in in the yeah. same shot, and yeah, that would have been easy. I think they um, I read that they had like a was it Domino's or Pizza Hut that it was, was pizza in the movie. They had like a on set coordinator who was there to make sure every time they did the shot that the pizza looked great for uh-huh. the shot or something no like it was way. part of their sponsorship deal yeah they wanted to make sure the pizza always looked good in the shot when it came out of the hydrator that's <laughs> i like that too that uh, it's amazing. not just a pizza it's like half pepperoni half bell pepper yeah it's a very specific pizza it's like it's like and pizza Hut wants you to know the variety that they have <laughs> <You're right. laughs> and when uh when she pulls it out of the oven and I like to imagine that the pizza does this. I so I do not think this is a continuity error. <laughs> okay. But it is it is full and it is not cut. And then as she it's sets it cut? on the table, it's cut. Are you sure? It's not cut when she pulls it out of the oven. But then when she sets it down, it's cut. And I imagine that the pizza self cuts. Because it's the future. You mean when she sets the mini pizza? She sets the mini pizza, then when it hydrates, it's just a whole pizza. Oh, I don't think I noticed that. And then she sets it on the table and it's all sliced up. Crazy. And I'm sure it's a continuity error, but I like yeah. to imagine it's the future. Yeah. And of course, there's someone who just watched the movie and is like, actually, he's wrong. It was cut the whole time. Do you think? But I don't think it, I really don't think it was. Do you think that uh, when this movie, you know, they're working on it, it's 1989, it's Pizza Hut, and Pizza Hut, the execs are like, look, hey guys, can we try to get this to happen by 2015? Do you think there was just a small <laughs> department of people trying to figure it out? The self-cutting pizza? <laughs> Or or just a re- the hydrator. The hydrator. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm more interested in like the pizza cutting itself. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they're like, which you, which either either one comes first? But we'll take either. I I don't think that happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yes anding you here. I, I don't think that that happened. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so they have dinner. Uh, we learn a little bit about family stuff. Uh, this is shortly after. Uh, Marty gets fired from his job because he. What does he do? Like, I didn't quite. Like Needles catch this. convinces him to. I'm. A, it felt like a bet or something. Or well, a he does call him chicken thing. if he if he doesn't like put his card in a machine. And his boss is like monitoring all transactions or something. And yeah, him. I still don't. I still don't know what what he did or what what he did wrong or what yeah. he did that was uh, upset his boss, but. Clearly, <laughs> you should not put your card in that little uh, machine there. Oh, if Flea, if Flea asks you to, don't listen to him. Yeah, 
Don't yeah. fall under his peer pressure. I think well, it's, it's the, the movie nails uh, uh, multiple channels on big, wide, high screen definition televisions and video. Con- I mean, we are doing this podcast on a video conference just as yeah. Flea and the boss would. Yeah. So, I mean, that's it's not pretty telling impressive. us, though, your favorite food and the food that you don't like. Oh, uh, well, uh, it's self-cutting pizza, obviously. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We just have, we need to figure that out. Technology needs to figure that out. <laughs> you were you were about to say something else. I cut you off. Oh, I don't know. but it, Oh, I just feel like the boss stuff, it doesn't matter what happened. It just matters that he got fired. Right. Like, clearly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And uh, by the way, they leaned heavily into the fact that fax machines were going to be around oh, so yeah. far into the future. And that's a little upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. There were like five. Like, so, yeah, all over the house, fax machines. <laughs> Was it like, when did the fax machine come out? I mean, that's, I mean, it's pretty old. It wasn't like kind of exciting in the 80s at that point, right? I'm I'm very into trying to find out when it was invented, but please keep talking. Well, it's just, yeah, I wonder I mean, if it it's had that... to have been in the 80s. Okay. Because right? if it was yeah. relatively new, I could see them being like so excited at this new invention that surely it would still be around. Okay. I got it. When was the fax machine invented? The first recognizable version of what we consider the telephone fax was invented in 1964 by the Xerox company. But uh-huh. the technology that led to the advance- advancement was created much earlier. In fact, it was Alexander Bain in 1843 who invented the electric printing telegraph. But maybe it didn't become very popular until like the 70s or 80s. Yeah, so this so you're saying that technically in Back to the Future 3, we could have had some form of fax machine yeah. we could have yeah in, in the old west yeah there could have been a whole you know the the fax they, they leaned heavily into the fax machine and <laughs> and back to the future three too <laughs> <laughs> um so now after all of that they go back to 1985 uh-huh. and when they're there this is when they drop jennifer off and they're not realizing that like the neighborhood looks all strange and rough marty comments on how he doesn't remember bars being on the windows yeah they're so you know what marty and doc are so oblivious sometimes for two (laughs) like smart guys Uh like it's like you said in the first movie marty figures all this stuff out doc is obviously a genius of sorts but they're so oblivious to so many things like uh Marty, all you got to do is stay by the the DeLorean, and he sees a dog being walked by itself, and that's like, oh, follow this dog being walked by itself. (laughs) He could have saved Biff. You could have saved this whole movie by not being oblivious, and now when they land in this timeline, you don't notice any of this stuff, that all this stuff is off, (laughs) that there's like uh, abandoned cars crashed into trees outside your home. I don't understand. Yeah, it takes uh, someone putting a shotgun in his face to really wake him up. Yeah. Which is a pretty funny scene. Yeah. Uh, the, By the like, way. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I, I don't want to um, cut you off there because I do want to talk about that. But I just wanted to jump back to when Biff returned with uh, old Biff returned with the time machine in that scene. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, Because there's that moment where he comes out and he's like all he, he seems like he's injured when yeah. he gets out of the. So I read today that that was because initially he was supposed to be like fading away like Marty is fading away in the first one because he went back and he kind of like changed the past so that I guess in the original script, Marty's mom kills Biff in the nineties or something. So he doesn't live that long. So that's what he's parking the, I guess it got too complicated. 
So, oh. but that's why he's all like injured oh. when he pulls I out took, of the DeLorean. I took that. I know that he didn't like crash land, crash land, but I just took that as an old man landed on some trash. Like yeah, that's what yeah. I think. Yeah, that's what I think. They they just assumed everyone would just assume that he's an old man. He's traveling through time. You know, it's got to yeah. do something to your body and brain. I mean, clearly it did something to Marty and Doc because they're oblivious. But <laughs> um, yeah, apparently that's that. It was just supposed to be that he was like going to start fading away. And that's there's some deleted scene that show that. But oh, oh man, I thought that was interesting. Gonna have to look that up now. Yeah, yeah. That's that is. Uh, thank you for bringing that. That's interesting. Um. So now, yeah, they're in the present. They Marty finds this principal, and uh, the principal like has a shotgun in his face, has no idea who he is, and he's saying like, "I'm Marty, I'm Marty." Like, and and Michael J. Fox, his acting just great. He is so di- uh, uh, distressed in this moment. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And then like a group of students drive by the principal's house and, and shoot is, up the house. This is like the equivalent of like, "Hey, Mister So and So." Yeah, Instead yeah. of eggs, it's bullets. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is not a good future. And Doc already says he's gonna dismantle the time machine. And mm-hmm. I I couldn't remember if he I started to do it. This is when he says he it's a bummer because he wanted to go to the Wild West. I think. I think you're right. Yeah, <clears throat> that's it. Yeah. But uh, when we were watching it last night, it'd been long enough that I thought, oh, is part of the whole thing that they they do start dismantling it in this time period, but he doesn't mm-hmm. because he said he's going to. And then Marty goes to like the town square and there is the Biff pleasure palace. I think is what the it's pleasure called. Pleasure paradise. Well, pleasure paradise. Well, he, goes, he goes to his home first. He does go to his home first. Oh, right. And it's not his family that lives there. Yeah. And yeah. he like jumps through the window, and there's a there's a girl like in his bed, and he's like, "What is happening?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting to me that, that all these homes are very uh, heavily protected by bars and stuff like that. But there's Marty's able to jump right in through a window <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> but <laughs> and so then he finds Biff's tower, and that's when there's the great and I. I'm also a sucker for this when a movie like catches you up on what happened through uh, like a <laughs> yeah. history channel or like a television show mm-hmm. or a commercial. And so you're finding out that I love the picture. So it's like Biff won it big and t- at 21 years old at the racetrack. And he looks so like, oh, I won. Yeah. He looks so cute <laughs> in that picture. <laughs> like, I can't believe it. And it's just this monument to him. It's like a documentary he clearly made about Uh him saying how great he is and he married lorraine his high school sweetheart yeah and i I think isn't the wedding photo isn't she like pulling away from him video i think and it's very sad yeah yeah um and then the the guards grab him billy zane and the crew the crew yeah, the his old. This is also the thing that just like everyone just stays friends with their mm-hmm. friends and yeah. bullies from high school, and just it's always around. Guess so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and then he wakes up like he does in Back to the Future, and he hears his mom. So it it's fun that the series has him waking up with his young mom, and then waking up with like I guess it's the same. It's the same time period of his mom, but she feels like older and like Mm -hmm. worse for the wear in this one. And she knows who he is. 
Yeah, and she goes, oh, you're, we're just here on the good old 17th floor. 27th floor. 27th floor. The 27th floor. Uh-huh. And then, and then you find out this whole dynamic. And he says, Mom, you've gotten so big. <laughs> <laughs> Another good line. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that's when you find out, like, she's married to Biff, and Marty is not Biff's kid. Which, uh, when, when the movie is going, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's not, but man, it wouldn't make any sense if it was. Yeah. And then they explain that George died. And did he die from a chicken-related incident, too? No, Biff shot... Well, I guess in the newspaper, we don't know, but Biff admits to shooting him. Okay, I'm yeah. just getting my, my chicken conflated. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, we have no proof that maybe Biff did call him chicken, but that's I, think that's a strictly, I think that's a strictly Marty uh, yeah. issue. The chicken thing. Yeah. Yeah. A newly discovered issue for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, the, I mean, this whole sequence is kind of, it, 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 it's very uncomfortable. I think it still is a very uncomfortable sequence. I, it's intentional and I, I am not at all faulting the movie for that. I, I think it's, I think it's good, but, yeah. but it is. And, and again, Tom Wilson's bringing like a, th- a third performance to this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Yeah. And is this the scene where, like, when it ends, Lorraine's like, I shouldn't have said that. It was my fault. Mm. I should respect You're right, him. Marty. Yeah, I yeah. shouldn't have said She's always <laughs> yeah, yeah. got that old voice. And she just sits back down and continues drinking. Yeah. And I, I, I saw that uh, Leah, is it Thompson? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. She, uh, in the, in the, featurette i was watching she was just saying like how that part of the the performance and the character was like so much fun to play like oh, she yeah. she just had a ball yeah shooting this movie yeah that was fun um <clears throat> and so oh what uh, i mean gosh there's so much in this movie well, no, in the, at the end of the scene it says mom tells him your dad is dead yeah like don't you remember so that's when he goes to the cemetery i think Yep. And finds his dad's grave. Yeah. And then uh, Doc finds him and is like, this is all bad. We have to fix this. Yeah. Where? With Einstein, by the way. Yes. We're, we're, we're raving about Thomas Wilson's acting. That dog's acting in this movie. The whole time I was, every time the dog was on scene, I was like, how did they get the dog to do this? This dog is brilliant. Yeah, dog's brilliant. The dog is so good. I the love expressions when and everything. They're they're back at Doc's even more disheveled house, and the dog's just trying to get his bed like flipped over, and so, Doc, yeah. and Doc yeah. does it for him, and he lays down, and it's so cute. But yeah, that that's when we find out like his dad uh, is dead, dead, <laughs> and Doc <laughs> is com- has been committed. He's no longer this like eccentric innovator. He is a crazy person. In, so, the, in this version. Yeah, so I have a question, a, a technical question. So, yeah, Doc Brown is, like, legally insane. Yeah. Now, are there two Doc Browns in this 1985, or he's just been labeled that and... and well, the picture looks like he's being committed. I think there's... T- so, but there's only one Marty in this 1985. Well, there's... No, there isn't, because... Mar- they say Marty's at boarding school, so that's why he's not coming in. That's right. Uh, contact oh. with with his, with that version of him. 
Yeah, and this they, is the scene. They throw that line away. Yeah. He yes. says, like, you're supposed to be in boarding school in Sweden or something. And this is what, actually, Doc explains it in the scene. That's when he goes to the chalkboard, and he does, this is time, and this is where we are. So we, like, we're this version of it now. And I think that's why there is doubles. Okay. see him in this timeline. So, oh, man, that's that that hurts my brain a little bit, because that makes me feel like since they affected change in Back to the Future 1, there should be two Martys and two Doc Browns in the or no, there should just be two Martys. What in, in, in at the end of line? Back to the Future? When he goes to the past? No, no. When so? Oh, in the present. <laughs> I might be going down a rabbit hole here, but uh, in in Back to the Future one, when he comes back, since it affected change, and like his house is different and everything is different, there should be another Marty in that universe. Because we're now in a different timeline than the one that existed that he traveled from. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Don't think about it. Yeah, yeah, you, we, yeah. We've got to stop because we're all gonna pass out in the yeah. next like four and a half minutes if we keep at it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't take much more. Yeah, I, I'm sure I could come up with a, a silly explanation that would work for me. Maybe, maybe the DeLorean landed on Marty and killed him when he came in. There you go. Just like in Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems like a like a I mean Rick and Morty move or something where they, they would yeah. come back or something and like land on their alternate selves and be like, okay, well that cleans up that mess. Let's keep going. I'm sure that is literally happened in an episode. Yeah, for them. This, I mean, I I obviously Rick and Morty are is based on Back to the Future. Of course, everybody yeah. knows that. But um, I haven't watched a show in a long time. But when I was watching this movie, I was like, oh, this is the movie that Dan Harmon is like. And Justin Roiland. Really, yeah, is really, like, must have sparked the idea. The first one, maybe a little bit, but this one, oh. with, with all the crazy timelines yeah. and balancing everything, I'm like, that's what they do on every episode of that show. Yeah. Or at least yeah. when I still watched it, they did. Totally. Yeah. Um. So now <laughs> they have to go to the past. And this is, I would say this is my favorite sequence of the movie. I I, I don't know. what what's What's your favorite of, of the three sections of this movie what's your favorite section yeah i'd say i mean this is where yeah this is the best because mm-hmm. i guess because it's it leads to like the you know the climax of the film and everything but uh again i love i love the future stuff the biff stuff is fine in between the middle the middle mm-hmm. stuff the rich rich biff stuff um yeah. but i'm always like anxious to get to the next part so yeah i'd say this is my favorite i think section yeah so, and and what 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 I love too about them going back to the past again is I love the simplicity of like like something as small as an almanac is changing the universe, and so it's not like there's a nuclear bomb that's going to go off if we don't do this or that. It's like we we have to make sure that Biff gives Biff the almanac. And we have to let that happen and let Biff get away, old Biff, and then get the almanac. And I love it's like, that's hard. And that's that's a lot of stuff they have to do, but it, it's so simple, and, and yet they, that changes so much. He has They have to make sure that old Biff gives young Biff the almanac be, so that old Biff doesn't get wise to them again. Is yeah, that why? Like so, yeah, because yeah, if you okay. go and try and like stop him from doing it, yeah. then it doesn't, like, he can still change things. I don't there goes my brain again but yeah 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 they've got to let him do it then leave and then they've got to 
think he did it, and then he's gone, and there's nothing he can do about it. Right. Yeah, because if if he if he doesn't if he stays, or, or I mean, if if he knows that if they get the almanac before Old Biff leaves, then he'll never have left, which means they would still be in 2015. Mm-hmm. Right. But with the branching timeline, anyway, we're starting to hurt our heads here. Um, <laughs> I have a nosebleed. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's so fun that we have stinking Marty following Biff. And and again, this is what I'm talking about. Like the camera's tracking as Biff is walking down the street, 1955 Biff, taking a playground ball from kids and <laughs> throwing it up <laughs> into a balcony, which I love. It's funny. <laughs> um, And then in the same shot, Marty is like following him. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing this. You are seeing the two timelines interact in the same shot. Mm-hmm. That's that's just my bread and butter. I yeah. love that. So Biff is picking up his car after it's being repaired from all the man- the first maneuver situation. Yeah. So, um, and that's when old Biff meets him, and then we see Biff uh, be a super nice guy to Lorraine again on the street <laughs> yeah. in front of many eyeballs. Right. Um, a little, little fun fact for you there. Um, mm-hmm. The mechanic who Biff kind of like argues with a little bit with the paint cans mm-hmm. is, uh, I think his name's Charles Fleischer and he is the voice of Roger Rabbit. What? Very cool. And also like, I don't, I don't know if you know anything about like the behind the scenes of Roger Rabbit, but he actually performed Roger's scenes in like a, in like a, rabbit costume it's really funny to look Whoa. up if you ever do oh man <laughs> i didn't know that that's cool yeah um so you can see him in that like that this little like roger rabbit costume or like rabbit ears um but yeah i guess zemeckis you know tossed him in this movie i know he was in in the future he plays one of the guys to one of the older guys that mm-hmm. interacts with marty briefly but oh okay very cool man that is cool um yeah so <clears throat> Gosh, talk about lo- oh oh another thing that is great about this movie. The first movie is kind of like testing the grandfather paradox, mm-hmm. um, in its own unique spin. And then this movie is like, if you had a time travel and you could make millions of dollars, that that's like an age old question. Mm-hmm. I think if you're talking about time travel, it's like, oh, if I could do it, and it's testing that. Yeah. And then I think the third movie, they're like, everybody wants to go to the wild west, right? Yeah. I mean, that one's just simple. Not as theoretical as the other two. <laughs> it's for the fax machines. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. Uh, then we have the great scene where Doc is interacting with Doc as he's setting up the lines for the electricity. I I, I just love that whole mm-hmm. sequence. I like how like our pres- like 1985 Doc like comes upon this and kind of is looking at it all nostalgically. Yeah. Like, oh, I remember that day. So stressful yet so fun. Yeah. That's kind of how he's taking it. And when he says, like, uh, can you hand me that three millimeter wrench? And he goes, Don't you mean a five millimeter? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then the almanac gets taken by the principal. And then the principal goes into his office and he's drinking like whiskey or something like that. Um, and he's sitting there, Marty's trying to get it. And Marty does eventually get it, but it is like the, the book jacket is on ooh la la. Right, that's what it was. Ooh la la. <laughs> yeah. Ooh la la. <laughs> also, that's probably maybe the second best line delivery in the movie. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> ooh la la. <laughs> and then they do, 
Marty is looking as he sees his dad come to punch Biff while he's in the, or no, well, he's not in the car anymore, but Biff is now in the car. And they do our favorite. They do a split diopter shot. Mm-hmm. So Marty's in focus and they're in focus and there's the blurry, blurry edges. Uh, love that. Um, and then the guys, the guys are going to jump Marty. So he has to stop them. The bullies. Oh, yes. Which you kind of had mentioned earlier with the dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have to jump them, and then he has to figure out a way to not let himself see that he is trying to stop the bullies. He does it pretty easily, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he just he's, he's drops do, the sandbags gotta, on him. Yeah, it's a little sketchy, but he does it great. And then he gets the almanac, but Biff catches up to him. Yeah. And well, yeah, he Marty's stupid, and he lingers a little bit because yes. he's watching. Look, you already you just you just got back from living this. This was like you yesterday. You know, you really have to sit there and watch this right yeah. now. You, you, <laughs> yeah. You're on a time crunch, buddy. And uh, he ends up slamming the door in his own face. That's right. Yeah, which is probably super metaphorical in a million ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't we all slam the door in our own faces from time to time? Definitely. Every day. Yep. Every day. Yeah. Every morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, I always run into a door. Oh, yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> Haven't figured out the layout of the house yet. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> then I the, the sequence where Marty is chasing Biff through the tunnel on the hoverboard is great. Yeah, I love it. Just great action chase filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, tunnel featured in. Any guesses? Roger Rabbit. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the tunnel that they go through to Toontown, I think. Right when you said it, I I could like see them both and I was like, oh yeah. Okay, wait. And right he, there. he worked on those movies around the same time. Do you think he just yeah, overlapped some much... film days? <laughs> it's well, possible. Well, I think yeah, because uh, uh Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I, I'm sure came out before this. That yeah, came out in nineteen eighty eight. And this comes out in 1989. So he probably like finished filming Roger Rabbit and like started filming. No, this. what I'm saying is he's doing the Robert Roger Rabbit tunnel. And then he's like, let's just do some. Let's get oh, yeah, Michael yeah. J. Fox and Tom Wilson. <laughs> in <here> Maybe too. <laughs> it's possible. I would not be surprised if they did that for like <laughs> location shoots or just yeah. like there's. I mean, they're making two movies, but back to future one. I mean, two and three. And they are making this the first movie within the second movie. So if they decided to just throw in an extra shoot on Roger Rabbit, I don't think it's above these guys. I would love someone <laughs> to write a book about it, namely like Zubekis's like biography. I would love yeah. to read about it. Sure, that'd be a very interesting read. Yeah. Um, although I don't know how his personal life is, but hearing about all the movies would be cool. That's why I need the biography. I need it all. But yeah, and and in the tunnel, Marty's able to like use the hoverboard to go around. Mm-hmm. And there's all this business trying to get the almanac. Eventually, he gets it, is able to grab the 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 flags that the nope flags. Yeah, the nope flags yeah. that have dropped down. <laughs> he grabs them, and uh, and then Biff goes into manure, and he goes, "I hate manure." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Of course. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Well, yeah. Well, who likes manure? It's besides gardeners. Do they like it? Well, you got to use it to fertilize. 
I mean, I, I can appreciate that. Like, maybe they appreciate <laughs> it, but I don't think they like it. It's, it's, it's gross and... Good point. I mean, I think George Costanza likes it because he talks about how a beautiful word it is. Ma newer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Did you guys do a Did you guys do a Seinfeld intro? Did you get around to that one? No, because they're not. Um, they they weren't long enough. They're oh typically yeah, I guess they're like not the, constant. Yeah, a lot of we didn't get to do a lot of like our favorite, really favorite like shows and movies because a lot of them don't have credit sequences that are worth kind of like talking about yeah well now like we couldn't do we couldn't do like breaking bad because it's just like a little oh yeah you know it's five seconds upsetting but yeah i know and with with streaming i mean like opening credit sequences are becoming less the norm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so kind of sad i i like a good Good credit well, they're like, but they're. I feel like you and I have in watching shows, like shows that come out right now, like like what we do in the shadows. We never skip that intro. We oh like no, it's a great intro. intro. That's that was actually one of the last shows credits we did before. Actually, I had never published the episode, but we did record wow. one for that because I love those credits so much. Yeah, they're those so I never skip good. either. Yeah, we never, the song is so great. It is, and we we never skipped the Sopranos, not once. We didn't skip we, the Sopranos. We semi recently watched that for the first time in our life, and never once we skipped that. Yeah. It, we loved it so much. <laughs> yeah, we just watched that recently too. I I saw it in, during the original airing, but uh, Skylar hadn't seen it ever, so we wow. went through it too recently. It's just, oh man, it's just one of the best. It really is. Yeah, it was. I need to watch it again. Yeah, that's and it's, how I feel it's too. been less than a year since we finished. I it. agree. Yeah, I miss I miss all the characters already so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. yeah, I'm always waking up this morning and getting myself a gun, so I just gotta finish it out. Yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what What is? I, I'm sorry to change it, but what is your favorite credit sequence for a movie? Oh my god! Or I'm opening. trying to think like what I'm trying to think what we or t- I'm, what I meant we TV said. show. Like, I'm sorry. Um, for some reason, the the first thing that jumps in my head is um, Ducktales. Okay. Oh, I don't remember how that one just, goes. Oh my God, the theme song to Ducktales is just one of my favorite theme songs of all time. Uh, there was just like something about my childhood yeah. and coming home from school and watching that. It was it's just, it's just one of my favorites. Nice. I, I'm gonna look that up. It's been yeah. so long. Cool. Oh, it's it's very catchy. It's a good yeah. song. I think I, I think I'd have to give it to uh, the Simpsons for me. Oh, that's another one we never skip. But also, it's kind of different every time. Uh, yeah, I love that yeah. it's different every time. And the song is just—I've never gotten tired of that song. No, Danny Elfman just no. Yeah, uh, Simpsons. Simpsons. We wanted to get to also, but the, because that's such like a big one, we mm-hmm. were saving it and just yeah. never did. But much like um, the Bob's Burgers opening credits, we never skipped that. Yeah. Intro either because right. they've got like just like the Simpsons, they've got little Easter eggs. Yeah. It, you know, you get to see something different every time. So you'd be a it's fool fun to, watch to skip them. them. Seriously. Yeah. Also, I like the song too. Right. Oh, it's just I love a good that song. ukulele. Yeah. 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 It's great. <laughs> well, I, I would hope that you love it. I mean, yeah. You're yeah. I mean, about we, it a lot. we use it to intro our podcast too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't sue us. Bob's Burgers, please. <laughs> They're they're not. We don't have any Bob Bob's Burgers listen, listeners who create the show. I'm sure. Oh no. <laughs> oh, you never know. You yeah, never that's know. True. You never. Now, know. Maybe we do. <laughs> Come on the show anytime though. If if you're involved in that show, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> Just reach out. Um, 
so then Marty burns the book and his matchbook. That's the um, I, I keep wanting to say Trump Tower. Uh, pleasure uh, Paradise. Pleasure Paradise turns into something else. So they know they affected change. And then Doc is like going around in the storm, gets struck by lightning, and Marty thinks he dies. Mm-hmm. And this sequence is incredible. The, like, the man rolling up in the car yeah, like and a second later. The emotion of Marty. Yeah. His cry it's like, oh man, this this looks rough. And and I I would imagine if you were not in the know and I you know, without the internet, I don't know if you would know that they're making a third movie. And you'd be like, wait, this has got to be wrapping up soon. Like, yeah. what? what is happening? Yeah. And then this mysterious man comes up and he goes, are you Marty McFly? And he goes, yeah, who's asking? You know, and it's like some company. I can't remember what he says. But I think they, it's Western Union. Western yes. Union. Yes, it is. Yeah. And he goes, we've been having a bet whether you'd, you'd be here, but we were instructed to give this to you. It's from it's a seventy year old letter, and this is a funny movie thing that is so okay. But to me, it is just I, I know it like it works for a movie because it's filmmaking. But it's like, oh, why did he get the letter the letter wet? Oh yeah, <laughs> it, like yeah. drives so, me nuts. So upsetting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's holding history. If it, if it well, is I, that old. I'm like, what if it what if it gets so wet that he can't read it, and then he's like, oh, stuck. especially as a kid, that's going through my head. Like, <laughs> no, go under the umbrella. <laughs> But it like, also, if we're, looks so if we're, cool. If we're, yeah, if we're nitpicking here, why did only one person come if they were so interested in seeing if this <laughs> I was didn't like? Think about that. If, if and, everyone was just like, oh. Yeah, he's the skeptical one because he said, "I lost the bet." Right. That's yeah. the that he went too. But yeah, and and then he reads it, and it's this thing that's it's Doc Brown's letter, and he says that he's alive and he's in 1855, and then the movie like pans out. And it says to be concluded, right? Or I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, what yeah. did I say? 1855. Yeah, 1885. Oh, which is oh, what would it? What what time was the eight? What what was going on in 1855? What would Doc Brown be up to if he was? I'm I'm horrible in history, so I 1855. I mean, that'd be pre-Civil War. Yeah. Post-Revolution. Yeah, it's definitely 1885 because I'm I'm sure. Oh that's, no, it definitely yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, but but I mean, I I think you just got. Like, would he be wearing powdered wigs? Is no. that gonna? No, no. I, I think it'd I think basically the be the same. No, oh, okay. Well, I think maybe it was, I'm wrong. It, it's like we're we're in well 1855. I wonder how many people. Like, I wonder when the Oregon Trail started. I can't quite remember because I think Oregon became a state in like 1849. Wow, so, like, showing the, your showing your state pride. The here. West is <laughs> like still not super. Like the Wild West, I don't think is as exciting as it is in 1885. Is, Okay, let's and see. And that's here. a guess, and and it's before because isn't it after the Civil War? That's when the government gave a lot of people in the war, like if you go out to the West, you can claim land, and it's just yours. Is that post Civil War? I think that's pre because eighteen forty three is the Oregon Trail. Okay, beginning. So, yeah, I mean it'd be a lot of pioneer times, and pioneer time, like Manifest Destiny, like that's first cow era. The movie First Cow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. So I, I don't think that that would actually affect the, the movie too much. It'd just be a bunch of small towns again. A little bit smaller. Yeah. 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 Less people. I think 1885, we're, I mean, we, we're still a ways out, but we're getting close to the industrial 
like re- revolution like we're getting close to daniel plainview coming in we are yeah there we go get him back in the mix yeah okay this is writing itself guys it really <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> <laughs> you knew we'd come back to ddl <laughs> um but yeah so so then it it ends and and because this movie some no one had really done a movie like this they that trailer is not like an added addition that was in theaters it uh-huh. said to be concluded and showed a trailer because they were concerned that people would walk out and be like what was that like mm-hmm. how long do i have to wait or whatever and that's why it's like 1990 you know time concludes or I mean, whatever i imagine that's so exciting oh yeah it was, like but that. I also heard people were annoyed too because they did not know that they were not getting a conclusion to the movie. True. So they were kind of like, "What? Yeah, like you, you really nothing, not even a little bit." <laughs> well, I mean, also we have like the the gift of hindsight where where this movie has affected so many movies and and franchise. I mean, that's our whole podcast, but franchises are king, and you know you you have some franchises that that start. And they go, okay, how can we set up like 38 different things in this movie and kind of wrap it up? Yeah. And this movie still pretty much wraps up. It just leaves like one dangling thread. And and for the, in the 80s, people are like, people aren't doing this, so we're, we're annoyed by this. But if that happened now, you'd be like, wow, what a refreshing, conclusive ending to a second movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wild stuff. Wild, wild stuff. Wild, wild west stuff soon. But that's that's Back to the Future too. Yeah, yeah. I love that last. I love that last moment where he goes back up to Doc, and the Doc has just sent him off the the from the first one has sent him off in the nineteen fifty or back to nineteen eighty five, and then Marty comes running up and is like, "I'm back. I'm (laughs) back from the future." And then he passes out. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's great. I mm-hmm. love this movie. It is. It is great. Well, have we all have we all said our piece on Back to the Future 2? Did we miss anything? I'm sure we did, but I think we've said plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm jealous that you guys get to go on and do number three now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel I feel I've ever since I finished it and I just get that to be continued. I like I can't I can't go on. I have to finish <laughs> it. Yeah, well. So I'm gonna go. You gotta watch it. Yeah, I think I might right after this. <laughs> Even better. Um, well, thank you for coming on, yeah, Max. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad you were a, you were a great guest. And now it's thank you. time for you to plug. What do you got? Oh, oh, um, just hey, if you're if you happen to be a Bob's Burgers fan, come listen to Bob's credits. Um, as I said, it's uh, we, we go episode by episode and we talk about the end credit sequences, which are, if you're a fan, you know how amazing they are um, and how they change each episode. And if you're not a fan, um, it's a good podcast, the kind of like companion co- podcast to start watching. And I guarantee you'll be a fan within a few episodes. It takes a little while to get in into the show um, and for the show to find like its groove, but mm-hmm. once it does, it's great and it's one of the best. And yeah, Bob's credits were on you know Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, same name all across the board there. Awesome, right? Bob's Burgers it holds such a such a special place in my heart because it wasn't a show that anyone told me to watch. It was just like yeah. I think I think my brother just happened to be watching it, and I was not watching it, but I was finding myself just laughing. 
I'm it's like, what very is funny this show? Same here. Yeah, same. We started late. It's um, we started during when early on in the pandemic, and we just were like, we should give this a shot. You know, we've heard good things here and there, and we just fell in love with it. And it's just so um, feel good. Yeah, and funny, and it's yeah, it's not it's not mean like a lot yeah. of yeah. kind of animated humor tends to be, and it but it doesn't like sacrifice humor and and kind of raunchiness when it needs to be raunchy. Because yeah, of yeah, it, yes. it's nice. Yeah, I just really appreciate it. Yeah, that's so yeah. good. Um, and and also just to to mention too, uh, the Bob's credits episodes are not that long. Um, no, I, we so try to it's keep them easy to jump short. into. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, so, I know the first few we really yeah kind of try to keep them keep them you know around forty five minutes or less. And our listeners are used to an hour and a half plus. So I mean, that, that's nothing. And I know we have some Bob's Burgers fans that listen. So yeah. I'm expecting treat yourself. I'm expecting you to head over there, give them a five star. You know, I appreciate all stuff. that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will just quickly say I don't want to take away from from your plug, but I'll quickly say I I'm pretty sure today the second single for my third album just came out. So anyone listening, please give it a listen. I'll probably have pre-orders for the, the album. The song is called "As the Deer Panteth for the Water." It's a play on the hymn. Check it out. If that's not a plug enough for you, I don't know. That's pretty intriguing, I would say. <laughs> uh, so check it out. I think I'll have pre-orders for the album. More to come on that. But Bob's credits. Yeah. You know Bob's credits. Yeah. So thank <laughs> you for listening, everybody, and and we'll see you next week when we go back to the past. Three. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>